Welcome to the show, everybody. We know that God is our kind and merciful Father. We talked about that last week when we talked about the return of the prodigal son. But Jesus' parables also show us that there are certain things that God takes really, really seriously. And so today we're going to look at one example found in the parable of the unforgiving servant. Don't go away. Friends, before we just jump into this episode, I got to say sorry because we uh, had an issue for a couple of our episodes. Was it one or two? It might have been two episodes. I think it was three. Was it three? Um, iTunes, for some reason, did not like the MP3 files that we released for episodes for a couple of weeks. And so some of you uh, iPhone users had a hard time playing those episodes. You got an error or something like that. They were our Christmas episodes too, Doug. Our Christmas episodes. Of all <sighs> I know, really. Of, of, <laughs> literally of all the episodes <laughs> of the entire year that I wouldn't want to get messed up, those ones did get messed up. Anyway, uh, you told us that something was wrong. We jumped right on it and troubleshot that as soon as we heard. And uh, everything is good now. So all the episodes are back to normal. Um, so you can... You go know, back and relive Christmas. Put an end to your suffering. Yeah, <laughs> go relive Christmas. Those Christmas episodes with Buddy are super good. Um, anyway, have a good time with those. We're really sorry. We'll try to make sure we don't ever let that little problem happen again. Doug, I wanted to start this week's episode just by asking how you are. <laughs> we don't. We haven't. We haven't talked with each other enough lately, and just asking right. how we're doing. Even how, though we, how you doing? Even though we now share an office, we do now share. An office. And we pretty much know literally everything. right across from each other. <laughs> I'm doing well, Jason. Great. I'm doing pretty well. I'm glad. Last night the kids had a hard time going to sleep, so we had a we had a really good streak of really good sleep, and then last night our little one Jude decided to break that streak. So that was a little bit sad, but other than that, I'm doing really well. Good. How how I'm are glad. you though? I'm extraordinarily tired, Doug. Yeah, you you just you gave up sleep, didn't you? We've literally like been fasting on. It's like we it's like we for Lent we chose we're giving up sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it feels like with our son, our six month old who doesn't want to sleep. So How delightful, but it's all good. We're here, we're kicking, and we're back, ready for a brand new episode of Doable Discipleship. So um, we are in now part three of our series on the parables of Jesus. If you're just joining us, hi. Welcome. I'm Jason. That's Doug. This is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast uh, designed to d- deepen your faith See? and help you grow closer. You to try God, to do my job. Known as the show that helps you grow. Um, Don't ever do that again. You didn't do it, so I, I figured I'd take I didn't. the. I was too busy apologizing. I'm really sorry. Okay. Um, if if you again, if this is your first episode, I highly encourage you go back and listen to our first two episodes in this series. We are uh, the one that we released. Literally on New Year's Day was an overview of the parable of parables, why, uh, why parables, what they mean, and we talked about you know, even an Old Testament uh, look. And then um, last week's episode was on, as Doug said, the prodigal son. So this week um, we're talking about the theme of the serious, the seriousness of God. Uh, that may sound a little odd to you, with the seriousness of God, but but I like talking about. The the God who loves me, the happy God. Okay, God with all the jokes. Here's the yeah, the God with all the jokes. Um, okay, God is the sovereign King of all creation. Can we agree on that? Can I get an amen? I give you yes. an amen for that. Thank you. He is full of love and compassion for those who humble themselves and seek Him. But 
Jesus' parables also show us that God is stern and uncompromising in the face of evil. That's important, and we should be happy that he is that way. He mm-hmm. sees all that happens in his creation, and cruel deeds do not go unnoticed. That's something that we can often um, overlook, but it's something that's a very important attribute of God, and it's something that, as I said, we should be thrilled that God is this way. Um, let me read from Galatians 6-7. It says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Hmm. So the parable we're going to be looking at today <clears throat> illustrates the serious of seriousness. We're really going to have our time with that word today. <laughs> it's the tiredness. <laughs> the seriousness of God in a really, really powerful and vivid way. Um, Jesus tells this story, interestingly, not to confront Pharisees or anything like that, but he, he actually tells this parable to Peter. And so uh, let's look at this uh, story together, and then we'll come back and, and just talk about what we, what we understand from this about God. <clears throat> then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat, demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor would not wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That is what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So this parable illustrates the mercy of God, as we looked at last week with the prodigal son, that this king who represents God was willing to forgive the entire debt of the servant that came and begged for more time. But we also see his seriousness and the severity with which he deals with evil. Yeah, so let's look at a couple of points out of this parable. First, is the king was filled with pity. That's the quote. It says he was filled with pity for the servant when he pleaded for more time. He 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 was merciful. He had compassion for the servant that was in front of him begging and pleading and and he felt for him. We see actually we see a number of times in the gospels that Jesus looked at someone with compassion or was filled with compassion for someone. Mm. That's what yeah. that's what was going on here. So much so that the king forgave his entire debt, all of it, which was enormous. Um, it was 
well, in this translation, it said millions of dollars. <laughs> so he probably wasn't paying in dollars back then, but yeah. <laughs> it was 10,000 talents or about 375 tons of silver. Yeah, that's a, that's that's, a that's truly a, massive How debt. he managed to whop up that kind of debt is... I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> what can you even buy in ancient times? 375 tons of silver. Yeah. So many horses. Ferraris. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when the servant then refused to have mercy on his fellow servant, who, by the way, owed much less, um, maybe thousands of dollars. <laughs> That's what the translation um, says. Yeah, it says it's uh, 100 denarii is what the okay. what the text says, which yeah, is yeah. a denarii is about a day's wage for a person. Yeah, so right. not a small amount of money, no. but a dramatically smaller than... The previous servant. Yeah. So, so when he went to this other servant and said, "Hey, give me back my money," uh, then the king became angry and threw him in jail and reinstated his debt. And I, and so we see this story and we're like, "Wow, that you know that's that's serious. That's you know that's harsh." But perhaps the most chilling statement of this entire passage is Jesus's final sentence, where he says. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Mm-hmm. That's an important clause there too. From your heart, by the way. Yeah. Um, and remember, in all this, is Jesus is talking to Peter. He's not talking to a Pharisee or some other opponent or a challenger of his or somebody who's given him a hard time. No, yeah. he's talking to Peter, who asks, "How many times are we supposed to forgive?" Yeah, we're, um, we're used somebody. to Jesus speaking harshly and like really throwing down when it comes to the Pharisees and yeah. and like the guys who are always giving him a hard time and and just truly well, like obviously wicked with the, people it, 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 with the prodigal. Yeah, it was an example of that. But, but this one, no, he's talking to his own disciple, Peter, the <laughs> <Yeah>. Rock. <laughs> um, he's speaking to one of his own, but again, his language is still very stark. It's still yeah. very strong, and that's important because he's talking about something that is very important. We learn here that God expects his children to follow his example and show mercy to one another. We talked about the difference last week between mercy and grace, mm-hmm. and in that mercy element of not giving something that which is deserved, or mm-hmm. not, it's not giving a punishment of which is deserved. Yeah. Um, and Jesus wants us to know that God does not take this issue lightly. God does not take justice and in in more explicitly in this forgiveness, he does not take our lack of likely. It, it, that's something that we'll talk about a little bit more too. Yeah. And it's important for every believer to realize that God is kind, but he is also holy and just. And we've talked about that a bunch in our Attributes of God series. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no place for evil in his presence. None. That's a part of his holiness. That's a part of, is, is that he... he he complete he I think it's it hates evil. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's really on display here. His own nature requires him to hate evil. Yeah. It's it's just part of his it's part of his essential makeup. All right, let's let's look at one critical lesson here that I think it's worth just camping on for just a second because um this parable deals specifically with the unforgiving heart of of a servant. Um and that's that's important. But that just happens to be the issue that this parable is dealing with. The, the theme we're talking about today, which is seen not only in this parable but in others, is that God takes certain things seriously. And so the critical lesson here is that if God takes something seriously, so should I. We should treat with seriousness and severity the things that God treats with seriousness. 
Now, of course, the gentleness uh, is there. You know, there is a gentleness to God, but there's also a severity when it comes to things that he detests, things that he cannot tolerate. So there's a fearsome aspect to his nature. And that's sometimes a little bit difficult for people to accept. Um, but we kind of have to come to grips with that if we want to have a well-rounded picture of who God actually is. So if we see God only as our gentle father, then we miss a vital aspect of his true character and his true essence. And we've, if we erase the seriousness and severity that he treats sin with, then we end up with an incomplete picture of him. And we end up with a toothless God who's really too shy and too weak to stand up for what's right and to, to stand against evil. And this is actually something that I've I, I've taken time in the past to think through because I think it's one of the hardest things for people to come to grips with about God. But my my dad and my relationship with him has actually helped me get a better picture and appreciate the seriousness of God. I, I th- I've talked about my dad before on the show. I, I love my dad. I have a great dad. I wish everybody could have a dad that's like mine. He's not perfect, of course, but he's really, really a great dad. He's kind. He's loving. He's a nurturing father. Um, and now he's a he's all those things as a grandpa as well now. I'm going to send him this episode so he can hear your praise. Yeah. Special shout out, Brian. I will first, <laughs> Brian. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Uh, but as, as gentle and nurturing and kind as my dad is, there's something that I learned at an early age, and that's that there is a real fire in my dad. And growing up, I knew there were things that he just would not tolerate, things that I could not get away with. And I always knew that he loved me, and I knew he'd forgive me, and I knew that no matter what happened, that things would always be okay between us. And his, his tenderness and kindness was a constant reassurance of his love, so I never doubted that. But I also knew that there was a moral code that I was meant to live by, and that I was expected to live by. And I knew that if I chose to do the wrong thing, that there would be a price to pay, and that I'd have to face that fire that I knew was in him. And in the same way, certain things promote a passionate or provoke a passionate fire and a passionate response in the heart of God. And I've only seen the fire in my dad a few times over the years, but, um, but, but here's the thing. The fire that I was afraid of when I got busted was actually what made me feel safe and protected as a kid. And this is what I think is important for us to understand about the character of God as well. And that, that might sound crazy, that the thing that I was afraid of when I did wrong was also the thing that made me feel safe and protected. <clears throat> and that's, I think, twofold. For one... That severe side of my dad created firm boundaries that kept me from making a lot of mistakes and a lot of bad choices that I otherwise would have made. I remember like in my teenage years, there was a lot of temptation to do the wrong thing. And I had friends to the left and to the right who were, you know, drinking and getting addicted to drugs and all kinds of stuff. They were falling off uh, a good path. And at a very real level, when I was faced with those temptations, (laughs) I would kind of weigh them in my mind and be like, I'm going to have to face my dad if I do this kind of stuff, and that's just not worth it to me. And honestly, that respect and that reverence for the seriousness of my dad uh, and the sternness of his response to things that he knew were wrong for me helped me stay on the right path. And I really have become something better than than I probably could have without that guidance. But more than that, knowing that my dad has a feisty side gave me a sense of safety because I knew he loved me and I knew that he'd do anything to protect me. And I knew that if anybody ever wanted to get to me, they'd have to face the fire in him and get through him first. And so there's a, there's a certain safety that comes from knowing that we have a God, we have a heavenly father who is willing to stand up and react powerfully against evil. And we have to remember that that severity of God or the wrath of God is part of what makes him good. You can't have a good God who does not react strongly against evil. 
And in the end, it's that severity. It's that. It's that seriousness. It's the strength of, of, uh, of his. It's it's his willingness to protest against evil and drive it out, that actually makes a place like heaven possible. You cannot have a perfect, holy, good, uh, dwelling place free of suffering and free of evil if you don't have a God who is strong enough and passionate enough, and um, serious enough about seeing evil banished once and for all. If you want to hear more about that topic and um, just learn more about the justice of God and how that how that fits into his goodness, go back and listen to uh, episode 42 of Doable. Um, it's an episode called As Good As It Gets, and it's like Jason mentioned a minute ago, it's, it's part of our Attributes of God series. But we talk about his goodness, his holiness, his justice, and we talk about how those all blend together to actually... Um, give us a complete and good picture of of who God really is. I was enjoying hearing you going on about heaven and all that stuff. That was <laughs> a, a good roll. I, oh, was, I was thanks. I'm sure everybody, I like talking about heaven. I'm sure. I'm sure you guys in the car, wherever you listen to it, we're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Jug, yeah. Um, so the uh, question you probably all have in your mind is like, okay, I get it. Uh, this is this is very important. God don't play um, around. God don't play around. God don't play games, y'all. So, um, <laughs> this has been so, a moment with Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm tired. Okay. Yeah, so what fine. what kinds of things does God take seriously? That's the question. What kinds of things does God take seriously? I want to know so that um, you know I, I can not only learn more about God, but I can make sure to also take these issues seriously. Can I jump in? Uh, please do. You just did. You just made me think of something, and that oh. is not only do we know that God takes certain things seriously, but he has been gracious enough to make it very clear yeah. to us the kinds of things that he so takes true. seriously. He hasn't left us in the he, dark. He's not like, hey, you're in a minefield. He doesn't. I'm not going to tell you where they are. <laughs> yeah. Just good luck he not getting blown up. He doesn't like a, a tiptoe around issues. Yeah. He makes them perfectly clear. It's yeah. just a matter of knowing your Bible, of knowing God's word to yeah. know what he has said, to yeah. know what to take seriously. So true. Um, and we're here to help you with that. So, uh, we have a little list for you. Again, this is not a complete list. That would, t- you know, be an entire survey of the Basically Bible. Basically, the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just a few things that we wanted to make sure to point out that God does not tolerate. Um, first, unforgiveness. Pretty clear from the passage that we just read. That's one we covered today. Um, and we'll see this also in Matthew six fourteen through fifteen. It's he. Uh, Jesus says, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your your Father will not forgive your sins. Mm-hmm. It can't really be as clear as that. Yeah, it's... Even in the no Lord's Prayer. Mistaking it. It's, uh, you know, it says... Um, for I'm not going to help you. <laughs> okay. Wow, you forgetting heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Oh, now you're showing us off. Gives daily bread on earth as it is in heaven, and forgive us our debts as we forgive as we those. Forgive as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really it's again abundantly clear. Unforgiveness. Yeah, it's not a. This parable is not a one-off of Jesus. Like, oh, maybe talking about like, it doesn't get any clearer than him saying, "That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you don't forgive your brothers and sisters." I mean, this is 
we said earlier that we're talking about like key themes, and this is a key theme in the parables of Christ. Yeah. So unforgiveness, God does not tolerate that from his kids. He has forgiven us of so much, and he expects us to show that kind of mercy to others as well. See. Uh, second one, <clears throat> God does not uh, take injustice lightly. He takes it seriously. Isaiah 10 uh, verses 1 through 3 um, says this, and these are pretty... Uh, strong words as well. It says, What sorrow awaits the unjust judges and those who issue unfair laws? They deprive the poor of justice, and they deny the rights of the needy among my people. They prey on widows and take advantage of orphans. What will you do when I punish you, when I send disaster upon you from a distant land? To whom will you turn for help? Where will your treasures be safe? Now, when I read that, I, 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 I sense like an instinct in me like I can kind of cop out on that one because I'm not a judge or anything like that like I'm not rendering verdicts to anyone like that but every single one of us has opportunities to promote justice uh, and to promote what's right and to bring about good things for other people and to stand on the side of what's right um, and so we have to look for ways in our daily lives to make sure that we promote uh, justice in the world that we live in yeah also don't forget these are pictures of God's heart. This is this mm. is looking at what at at what God looks for and what God truly believes and feels. And so even if as Doug said, even if you're not a judge that is rendering unfair verdict or whatever, it doesn't mean that that's not the issue. The issue is the heart issue of mm. those of people that that will take advantage that will that will be un, you know be unjust towards others and that kind of flows right into our next point mm. which is mistreatment of the weak and vulnerable um Deuteronomy 27:19 says cursed is anyone or cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners orphans or widows words in in people groups that we just saw in that injustice section as well and in and this is this is an important point, and we see this one also all throughout um, Scripture, and Jesus talks about it, and we see later in the New Testament that true religion is taking care of the orphans and widows. Mm-hmm. This is this is a point that is near and dear to God's heart, is taking care of the vulnerable, taking care of the of the of people that are in need, and that's... There's a bird right over your shoulder on, oh, the, on the window. So cute! <laughs> We always close these curtain, these blinds, and we didn't today. And now a bird's trying to get in. Oh, oh, there he bird. goes. Okay, <laughs> I just wanted to enjoy that little special nature moment. I just got confused. <laughs> I was looking over my shoulder with uh, a twinkle in his eye. Um. Anyway, yeah, the weak and vulnerable. The weak and yeah, the, the weak and vulnerable, and and this is this is so important because God takes care of of us. We, you know, He takes He cares for people, and He cares for those. That that are in need, the weak, the vulnerable, the orphans, the widows, yeah, um, and the foreigners. That that's a, that's a big one in here too. Oh man, there's a psalm. There's a psalm. Uh, we'll make a note to to link it in the show notes. But there's there's something in Psalm. I can't remember where it is. I, I can't remember if it's a Psalm of David or not. Um, but I just love the way it's phrased. It says, um, "Father to the fatherless, defender oh, yeah. of widows. This is the Lord whose dwelling is holy." Mm. Like that is a picture of the heart of God, and each of us. We may not realize it because maybe we're not strapped, you know, maybe we're not like, you know, in poverty or that kind of thing. But <clears throat> when God looks at us, he sees a people who were completely lost, completely destitute, separated from him and doomed. And he reached out and took the initiative to save us. And again, just as we're meant to forgive others, just as Christ has forgiven us or as God has forgiven us through Christ, we are called 
to show mercy and care for those who are weak and vulnerable. All right, uh, next one. I think this is number three. I didn't number them, but... This is number four. Oh, number four. Uh, Dishonesty. God does not tolerate dishonesty. Proverbs 6, 12 through 15 says, What are worthless... Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Worthless? What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars, signaling their deceit with a wink of the eye, a nudge of the foot, or a wiggle of the fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken in an instant, beyond all hope of healing. So God is not cool with lies. Lies are a major, major issue. It comes up every, everywhere from the great com- the the uh, Ten Commandments, and then everywhere else throughout the Bible. Uh, lies are not good because they represent a, a dissonance between the the real us, the internal us, and the way we're displaying ourselves to the world. That is not something that God is okay with. So dishonesty has got to be rooted out. That's good. Um, the next one on this list is idolatry. Idolatry. A- Exodus 20, 4 through 5 makes this one crystal clear. Mm. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Mm. This is this is an important point because humankind has a history of of looking for looking everywhere else but God for um you know for uh, to believe in for you know for, for whatever. But God is saying uh, I am the one that made you. I am your God. I have you know I it is it is me. And he's and he made us. He loves us, and his desire is for us to love him. And so he he gets upset, <laughs> and appropriately so, when we put something else in God's place mm-hmm. and say, you know, I I love that more than God. Whereas God's because what that really represents is is that we don't either care for, we don't appreciate, or whatever, what God does has done for us and continues to do for us. Yeah. And God God wants our our devotion. God wants our heart. He and so idolatry is completely getting in the way of that. It's mm-hmm. putting it's literally what that means is putting something else in God's place. Good yeah. putting something either if you think of it putting something above God or just putting something even in the way of God mm-hmm. so that you don't don't give him the time, the attention, the love, the devotion that he deserves. You're then putting that somewhere else. Yeah. It's easy to react to that one and be like, "Oh, I I don't have an idol. Like I don't have. There's nothing that I put before God. I don't have a golden calf in my house. Or yeah, you can say that God is your number one priority, but uh, just saying that does not make it so. Yeah, be true. You you need to actually look at your life and look at the way you spend your time and the way you spend your money, the way you devote your res- what you devote your resources to. If you want to find what your idols are, find out where you spend your time and your money. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that will show you what your idols truly are. Um, so we've got to be vigilant. It's not like, you know, we're not all sitting around carving figurines and putting them on our mantle that we worship or anything like that. But it doesn't mean that we don't suffer from idolatry and we're not yeah. guilty of that. All right. And the last one that we're going to cover today, and again, this is not all the things, it's just a few of the big ones that come up again and again in the scriptures, 
Uh, and this one is unconfessed sin. Romans 1, 17 through 18 says, This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And the good news, of course, is the gospel of Jesus and, and his sacrifice to make us right with God. It says, this, accomplished from start, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So this one incorporates, you know, this verse incorporates both sin and also um, dishonesty and suppressing the truth like we talked about a, a couple minutes ago. Uh, so there's an important step that every believer needs to be taking and it really needs to be part of our daily devotional life is taking a time, taking the time to uh, sort of assess uh, ourselves spiritually and actually kind of hold up a mirror to ourselves uh, and examine ourselves and find out, is there any sin that I've been guilty of, sins within my heart or sins of action or whatever, sins that I have uh, committed against God that I need to seek forgiveness for. We know that forgiveness is right there. It's accessible because of Christ. We know that God is faithful and just. He'll cleanse us from unrighteousness, but we've got to make sure that that is a, a part of our daily devotional life. Spoiler alert, that's going to be one of our doubles. In fact, it's kind of, yeah, it is going to be yeah, it's going to be a major part of our doable. So why don't we jump into that now? Because we're gonna, uh, we'll spend our doable time today talking about what the seriousness of God means for us and how we take action on that. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna draw the three doables today from one passage from the Book of Psalms. We're gonna read almost all of Psalm chapter fifty-one. I know that sounds like a lot. It's not that long. Um, I'll read it pretty quickly. But this um, really says a few really. Uh, it just contains a few really great points that I think we can just draw upon now as our doables for this week. So join me uh, in listening as I read <laughs> Psalm 51, verses 1 through 17. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Mm, that's a good one. Um, 
we do have there's a couple of doables as Doug said that we can pull out of um, out of this psalm and in that relate to what we're talking about of what does the seriousness of God mean for me mean for you uh, the first one I should be quick to confess my sins and seek forgiveness from God when I do wrong um, so I don't know if you've ever taken time to really be self-reflective and think through um, the sins in your life or think through the things in your life that would not be pleasing to God and 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 confess them to God. Um, it can be something something as, as as simple as saying, God, I I know that I did this and I know that wasn't pleasing to you. I know I'm sorry. And and just talk about this stuff with God. Again, it's not something that is a surprise to God. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a news flash to God. He's not going to hear something you say and go, oh, you, I, you did what? I didn't know that. It's it, that's what's so that's what something that's so special about God's relationship with us is God knows the things that are going on in our life and he wants to talk with us about it. He wants to he wants to walk with us through those things and mm-hmm. he gives us um, his spirit then to help us conquer those things in our life. So confession is a big first step in that. It is the the big first step in yeah. that. One one easy way you can do that too. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, one easy way you can do that is, uh, and kind of make it <clears throat> a bit of a tangible process is, you know, take out a sheet of paper and actually take the time to write out the things that you're repenting from. Write out the things that you're confessing to God. Obviously do this privately. This can happen just between you and God. Of course, if you've sinned against someone else and you need to make that right, then that may involve another conversation where you speak to that person and seek forgiveness from them, or it may involve making restitution if you've stolen from someone or that sort of thing. Um, but as far as your relationship with God is concerned, you might just want to take the time to write out and take an inventory of the things that you know are not right in you. And then when that time is done, pray over that, ask God for forgiveness line by line through that list, and then destroy it. Tear it up, throw it away, burn it up, whatever you want to do. But there's a there's something powerful in making a making a uh, something that can seem so ethereal become very tangible on paper and then destroyed. Um, and it also illustrates for you the picture of God's total and complete forgiveness, that when those sins are are confessed and when you seek forgiveness, that God completely wipes them from the record. Um, so take the time to do that. If you're feeling guilt on something or if you're feeling, um, if you're experiencing shame, um, maybe you need a moment with God where you can just confess what's going on uh, and make things right and begin a new slate with God. That's good. Um, number two. I should immerse myself in God's word in order to develop godly character. We did an episode on this where we walked through what it looks like to have a daily quiet time with God. That was episode 63. It's called Let's Hang Out with God. And that's something that we're talking about. It's something we talk about a lot in class 201. And and at Saddleback, we have a lot of resources actually to help you grow and develop and even or start uh, the habit of a daily time with God. But this looks like is is spending time in the Bible, spending time letting God speak to you through his word, and then spending time speaking back to God in prayer. That's what we're talking about. It, it's a relationship, as Pastor Buddy likes to talk about. It's a conversation. And um, in, in March, we'll actually have a Deeper Devotions workshop that is that spends a day working on this mm-hmm. on this habit of a daily uh, quiet time with God. 
Um, and then number three is I should urge others to return to God and do what is right. Um, and that's it, and that's something that that can be uncomfortable, but really it's an important part of Scripture. It's something we see all throughout Paul's letters, especially is is encouraging um, people to to return back to God um, who have maybe gone astray. It's 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 having conversations. It's being it's being in people's lives in a way that we can be be honest, be open with each other about things that are going on, and then offer encouragement and in in pointing people back to God. And that's it's something I it's something that is so important in the body of the church. Mm-hmm. And but it's something that can also be a little uncomfortable or difficult to do. And that's not to say go around telling everybody their yeah. faults or telling everybody, <clears throat> you know, that they need to go back to God. But in 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 relationships that you have built a trust and and built a security in that relationship that you are doing life together. So hopefully people in your small group or people in your family or, or close friends that you have that you have um, this kind of relationship with. It, that's it's an important thing to engage in. Just be it's be willing to have com- open conversations, honest mm-hmm. conversations, and and be open to talking about God and His Word and His truth in those conversations. Yeah, as the family of believers, we actually are responsible to help cover each other's blind spots and help point out areas uh, where we are in danger or when we are uh, outside of the will of God, so that we can correct and we can. Um, draw closer to God, and we can reinforce the strength of our family bond as a community of believers. So it's important for us to to do this function. But of course, like Jason was referencing, always speaking the truth in love and being tactful in that. We are not, dual discipleship is not giving you permission to just go out and scorch the earth with your (laughs) nastiness and and that kind of thing. That is not not the way. Um, But as part of this three-step approach, being quick to confess my own sins, immersing myself in God's word to develop his character. It's from those two disciplines that I have um, the capability of then speaking to others in a loving way about about uh, how to turn from sin and do what's right. Well, that's it for today. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking about the next theme from the parables of Jesus, so make sure you come back uh, and join us again for that one next Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, we hope you have a great week. We love you. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.